Hi, and welcome to another episode of On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. With me, as always, is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. Today marks a special occasion as it's our first podcast recording in our new Porak studio. It's also a special occasion because we've invited two guests, CalPERS candidates Margaret Brown, who is an incumbent, and Tiffany Moran. We want to welcome you to On the Job with Porak. Thank you. Well, I'll start it out by saying that uh, PORAC has officially endorsed uh, both of your candidacies uh, to the CalPERS trustees. I think um, I've, we've been involved in, uh, obviously, uh, endorsing candidates in the past, but I think this is the first time PORAC's actually, uh, uh, we, we're putting ads in our magazine, uh, we're going to promote you on our social media, and we're going to get the word out the best we can to, uh, to get our members that are actually in the CalPERS system to, uh, to vote and support you. Um, I think it was vitally important when um, the former trustee, Jason Perez, actually beat out a, uh, very, a candidate who was probably, uh, by all accounts, was supposed to be a shoe-in, uh, and he worked his tail off, and, and then he won. And I think uh, that wound up being good for public safety because uh, it was so important to have somebody on there that's public safety related. And I know uh, Tiffany comes from a public safety background, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But why don't we just start off by, uh, when we do some introductions, we'll start off with Margaret first and just talk a little bit about who you are and your background and, and uh, why you're running for the CalPERS trustee spot. Great. Well, thank you for inviting me here um, and for Porex endorsement. Um, as you said, with uh, with Jason's uh, race and win, it was it was such an upset, but Jason knew because he had poor acts and public safety support that he was going to win. He knew all along. And, and it just shows that if you can uh, muster the manpower to come out and vote, that you can really make a difference for public safety members. So my name is Margaret Brown. I'm 61 years old. I'm a CalPERS retiree. I spent most of my career in the public sector uh, building schools, doing public works contracting, a very tough field, and doing accounting and finance. I'm a seasoned financial manager, and um, I'm an accredited fiduciary through NCPERS, and I vote no on political investments that don't measure up. We have a goal here, and that's to maximize the returns for the beneficiaries, and there's no room for politics in investments. You know, uh, just real quick um, before we dovetail into uh, to Tiffany is, um, you know, having dealt with my pension crisis down in San Diego, and I know uh, actuaries and fiduciaries say, hey, you know, if a pension system's at 80 percent, that's good enough. But, you know, having to go through a case in which um, all the, the general employees for my city were moved into a defined contribution plan, I am a huge proponent of getting to 100 uh, percent. You can tell me the 80 percent all you want. But until a pension fund is funded at 100%, uh, that's when I think pension funds can then start looking at maybe lowering discount rates, uh, maybe changing benefits. But let's keep those systems at 100%. So 
Um, I appreciate you being a watchdog on there and making sure that the employees and the investment managers are doing everything possible to get that system up to 100%. No disagreement from me. There you go. All right, Tiffany, how about you? Sure. Uh, thank you for having me here today. Uh, my name is Tiffany Moran. I'm a retired safety member. I worked for the San Bernardino Police Department for 13 years. I medically retired in uh, 2017, um, and I am currently a PORAC REM member. Uh, I was a PORAC member since 2005, um, and so like most PORAC members, I probably didn't know much about CalPERS until I started receiving my paycheck and started looking into some of the investments and unfortunately the divestments that PERS was doing and um, not meeting their annual benchmarks and that factoring into the unfunded liability and anybody who's done labor negotiations. Um, that's usually what our employers tell us is they can't give us raises because their unfunded liability went up. And so that's one of the big reasons that I'm running. I want to have a voice for public safety on the board. Um, with Jason leaving, there, there isn't someone to represent that. And uh, with over 60,000 public safety or police officer members on the PORAC board of the 1.9 million, I think it's important that we have that voice for our members. Let's talk a little bit about qualifications. Um, Margaret, Why? what are your qualifications for being a trustee for CalPERS? Well, it's, it's interesting because there are no minimum qualifications to be a trustee. Uh, but I believe my qualifications are that I speak up when I don't understand an investment, that I actually listen to stakeholders and then return their calls, find out what the, the questions are, and then get back to them. Um, you know, as a seasoned financial manager, I've managed billions of dollars in taxpayer funds to build schools, to buy real estate, to sell land. Um, and so that gave me one piece of the pie, the finance piece of the pie. And then as I got on the board, I took many more investment courses and certificates, and so I've had training through Harvard and through the Wharton School. And what that did is, is that only served to make me more concerned about how CalPERS was investing. As a new board member, you don't, you don't always understand what's going on. And it, I mean, the agendas are 1,200 pages long. It, it takes a lot to understand them. And then as I got training, I learned that the things I was questioning, I, you know, believe your gut. And then as I was questioning them, it was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. And then after my training, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. And, and really the job is to speak up, ask questions. And when the staff gives you double talk is to go right back at them, not just to shrink away, but to in fact, push harder to get the right answers. I am a fiduciary on the board. I have a legal obligation to do what's best for beneficiaries. And I just wish the rest of my colleagues would do the same. And that's why I'd like to have uh, Tiffany on, uh, because she's got some pretty critical experience that could, could help on the CalPERS board. Yeah, Tiffany, what are those? Sure. So, um, again, I was a police officer for 13 years. Six of those years, I, I was a detective where I was assigned to economic crime. So I investigated fraud and forgery and embezzlement. Um, and through getting that training, I ended up becoming a certified fraud examiner, which I still maintain that certification today. Uh, have a master's degree in public administration and going back to school for accounting. And I think just that nose for um, sniffing out the BS and figuring out when things are wrong and questioning it and not being afraid to question it 
and speak up on, on behalf of all the members um, and just be that voice of common sense really is what it boils down to for me. So as you um, run for the trustee spots, what, is a, what does a campaign look like for being a trustee? It's, it's difficult. I've never run for a public office. I mean, I ran for you know stuff with my local POA board, but when you know everybody, it's a little different. So um, thankfully, uh, I got in touch with Margaret and we've kind of been working hand in hand and going out and talking to the retirees. They're a bigger turnout of voters. And then just going out to the public safety agencies and to different police officer associations and deputy sheriff associations and getting the PORAC members just to know what this position does and why it's so important and why you need to be involved and, you know, your vote counts and you need to, you know, get your ballots in and, and have that voice of common sense because this is our retirement fund. How about you, Margaret? Um, so I have a degree in political science and I have um, worked on campaigns and run for office before, so I know a little bit about it. It's a little different, though, with CalPERS because you don't get a list of the voters. They don't provide you the list. And so it's more, it's so much more important that we work with associations like PORAC or with the retiree groups in order to get your message out to them. And and like Tiffany said, we are going one-on-one -on -one to as many meetings as we can, even with COVID, to try to personally connect to the members to explain to them why it's important that they vote for us and that all we're in it for them. We are retirees and we're in it for them. Tiffany's retired public safety and we're in it. We're in it for the members. We're not in it for ourselves. We're not in it for a union. We're in it to help the members. It's my pension and it's my children's pension and it needs it needs to be there for all of us. You know, as somebody that has experience sitting on trusts, um, it's refreshing to hear your guys' approach and the, the, the personal uh, dedication that you have and the uh, passion for this that you have, because often you'll have folks that are sit on these boards, you, they go through their emotions, it's kind of what you're talking about. Um, they don't delve into the issues, sometimes don't uh, have that individual thought process and um, someone makes a motion and they're not necessarily paying attention and they just say aye and they move on. And I think it's important to understand the issues and whether you're, and we talked about this a little bit before offline, whether you're in CalPERS or not, CalPERS dictates the way the economy goes here in California to a certain extent, because if uh, the rates change, which we talked about that as well, but if the rates change through CalPERS and the retirement system, this the, the rates that the cities pay, the counties pay that are in CalPERS change, and that changes what we do when we're at the uh, bargaining table. It changes what our wages look like, um, that you're outside of PORAG. It affects everybody. And it's important that you're questioning those political divestments. I think that's something that we've all watched over the years, particularly when CalPERS was, was uh, not doing really well. And we would sit there and scratch our heads as to why they're doing that and then continuing to go in the negative direction. Um, having someone in there that says, hey, politics aside, we need to do what's right for the retirees and for the uh, stakeholders and make sure that we're, we have a good rate of return. Yeah, so I just want to comment on that a little bit. You know, uh, CalPERS had a great rate of return at 21%, but when you compare it to all the other state agencies that have reported, we're last. We're dead last out of 31 agencies so far. CalSTRS got 27%. So where, where are we missing? What are we doing wrong? So it's a great number, but it's off. 
And so, and I believe it has to do with the fees we pay to outside managers and, and controlling costs. And we're going to take another look at it. We have a meeting coming up and uh, I hope you'll watch it because I'll be there pressing hard for the answers and staff won't want to tell us. But that's the job. The job is to find out why we left so much on the table, even though we got a good return. My understanding is there's going to be a debate in September. Is that accurate? Yes. Is that September 8th, I think? Correct. Is uh, Will all of the candidates be there on that? or I've heard that we all will be there, and it's more of a... Uh, a Q&A. We're not necessarily talking to each other. It's um, monitored by the League of Women Voters, and so a question will be asked, and then it will be asked of every candidate, and we'll answer. Um, we don't go back and forth, so okay. it's not necessarily a debate, but you get to understand where um, where we stand on on the issues. So we'll be able to. So we could submit questions. I would hope. I would okay. hope that public safety would submit yeah. quite a few questions. Absolutely. You and know, it's, it's virtual too, so oh, it's that's not going to be in person. Very nice. You know, I think it's important, and, and Damon really hit a hot button. Is that you know, Calpers I believe is one of the largest pensions in the world, and a lot of the actions and activity that Calpers does matriculates down to the smallest of pensions. Um, so it's really important that, um, and I, I try to tell people, even if you're not in Calpers, you need to be watching Calpers. Um, I'm not saying you have to necessarily watch all of the board of administrations, mm -hmm. but you need to be watching and be cognizant of some of the changes that they're making. And I know CalPERS had a great return, which then I think kicked in that risk management assessment, which is lowering the discount rate, uh, which increases costs. Uh, and then now you have that other, the uh, asset liability management process. So that's also going to raise rates. It could possibly. So every four years, the board um, takes a look at its investments, its investment strategies, and its its risk tolerance, and uh, and the marketplace, and decides what type of risk we want to take and what we think those um, return assumptions are. And if the board is not willing to take on more risk, we probably will not hit the seven percent discount rate we currently have, and we will. Uh, have to lower the discount rate. Um, I, for one, don't want to lower the discount rate. I don't want to see local agencies, the states, the counties, and PEPRA employees paying more um, for their share of the pension. I just think that we can uh, do a better job of managing the investments we make and uh, bring more home uh, and put it back into the fund. So, Tiffany, what are, are there a couple items that you see as being a focal point for your time on the board? Sure. Um, I think health insurance is big. Um, I know that the rates continue to go up and members are still getting the same amounts through like you were talking about negotiations and they're just continuing to lose more money out of their pockets. So I think figuring out a way to make affordable health care available to everyone um, and figuring out ways to keep those costs down is super important. I think the sustainability of the fund, like you talked about earlier, um, at 80% funding, we want to have that goal be 100%. Um, so working towards, you know, just better investments, making common sense decisions 
Um, I always say, you know, I love sea turtles and my grandmother was, that was her favorite animal and I would love to save them, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket when it's not going to give me a good return. And so I think just making wise decisions um, like Margaret voting no on anything politically motivated, um, that's not our job to do that. I, I want to vote with the facts, not my feelings. So I think that those are important things. I want to be, you know, common sense, use my experience. Um, I think the the issues that have plagued CalPERS with corruption and fraud in the past, I think that I will be um, a good asset on the board to have that background of, of investigating that kind of the fraud and forgery issues um, from my previous employer. So um, just moving forward, making good decisions, um, making sure that, that law enforcement is represented on the board. Um, obviously, as a retiree, I have concerns about PEPRA. Um, I think working till 57 is probably not going to be in the best interest of law enforcement. Uh, in my experience, most of the officers that were patrol officers at 50 were <laughs> hobbling in and out of the police car. Um, so I, I would like to see some change with that. I know as a CalPERS board member, I don't really have a say in that. It's more the legislative side, but I'm definitely supportive of some future reform on the PEPRA and, and how to make that better for safety. Um, again, I think that the statistics are officers live like five to eight years after retirement. And so when you move the retirement age from 50 to 57, I mean, most officers aren't even living that long on a nationwide average. So I think it's important to um, have that voice of someone who understands public safety on the board. How about you, Margaret? What are you uh, anticipating? I know you've already been there several years now and, and probably have accomplished a few goals, but what are your goals for your next term? You know, I have, and uh, I want to piggyback on something that um, uh, Tiffany said, which is she's talking about uh, public safety officers and um, their disabilities. And I want to talk a little bit about um, IDRs. Um, the one thing the board gets to do is hear appeals from uh, the ALJ if, in fact, their their IDR, their disability retirement is denied. And those come to the board. And unfortunately, though, they typically come to the board and they are um, maybe there's 10 or 20 at a time, and they're in a lump sum. They're a, they're a group, and they vote as a group, and and it's it's very difficult. It's a lot of a lot of medical detail to read through, and I read through all of it, and then I'm up for nights. I don't sleep because of some of the information I see in there. And and typically there's a technicality that maybe uh, a public safety member did not get the retirement and the board has an opportunity to take more information or hold a hearing but that requires a second and this just happened recently there were some police officers who were granted a disability retirement and then it was taken back for a technicality and I didn't I motioned that we um, that we go back and that we deny the ALJ decision and it failed for a lack of a second. And I think that um, with Tiffany on the board along with me that we can really get more of those appeals looked at closely with a, a sharp eye at to what is really going on. Is that public safety member really disabled? Can we get them their pension now without making them have to go uh, and back through the process again due to a technicality? You know, that's something that uh, I think 
every member in public safety, whether you're a, a, a cop, fireman, whatever it may be, needs to listen to that. Um, as someone that sat on a trust, I used to be the chairman of the insurance trust for PORAC, and I still sit on it today, and we hear appeals, whether it's medical or disability claims. And it's quite shocking to me that CalPERS gets them in a lump sum of, say, 10 to 20 appeals, and then makes a motion or lack of a motion on those appeals without actually individually looking at each case. And as someone who could potentially be medically retired at some point, um, like Tiffany or someone else who's gone through something like that, and it can be quite traumatic for someone um, because it's not always expected, and to not even be given the ability to have their appeal here heard and have an affirmative action on their individual case, not just be lumped in with a bunch of other folks. Um, you know, it's a little shocking to me. So I guess my point is every member out there should listen to that because your claim could be going across CalPERS desk and could be dismissed like other ones. And that's why we need people that aren't just fiduciary, you know, that they're not looking at the fiduciary responsibilities, but they're also remember that this is about people at the end. We don't want the, I joke around about the, the tin man with no heart, right? We don't want those folks sitting there just only looking at the numbers and that's it. At the end of the day, without the members, there is no CalPERS. Without those who are contributing into the system, there is no CalPERS and we need to do what's right for those folks. And in, at the very least, they deserve someone to listen to what their claim is. I think uh, Tiffany and I both agree. Why don't you uh, give us your web addresses where members can go to check out more information on you? Sure. So for Margaret, it's www.electmargaretbrown.com. And for Tiffany, it's www.tiffany4calpers.com. So what will the ballots look like when they come in the mail? So they're, uh, they're six by eight. They're bright blue and white. They drop in the mail on August 27th. So for most people, they will get those on Monday, um, August 30th. So please look for the bright blue and white envelope. Open it up and vote for the women who are watchdogs. We are going to fight for your pension and health care security and just grab that ballot and vote right away. They get mailed to Everett, Washington, and the post office hasn't always been speedy as of late. So we'd rather you grab that ballot and vote right away. Public safety can make the difference in this election for Tiffany and I. I agree 100%. So it's a blue and white ballot. Once you get that in the mail, open it up, vote, and send it out the next day. We definitely need to, uh, to uh, make our mark on the uh, CalPERS trustee board, and I think uh, PORAC has uh, great confidence in Margaret and Tiffany uh, representing us on that board. So if you get that ballot, make sure that you vote. I think it's vitally important. Well, I'm going to close it up here, and uh, thank you for joining us on the latest episode of On the Job with PORAC with CalPERS candidates Margaret Brown and Tiffany Moran. As always, I'd like to close this podcast by thanking all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. We hope you stay safe and have a great day. PORAC is California's largest law enforcement organization and the largest statewide association in the nation, representing over 77,000 public safety members since 1953. Our monthly podcasts, as well as past episodes, are available on PORAC.org, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PORAC's YouTube channel, or where popular podcasts are downloaded. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms and tag us with your suggestions for future show topics. To learn more about our organization, visit us at PORAC.org. 
Porak.org. We are Porak.